God blessed me this morning. I don't know what he did you or not, but he blessed me. And I thank him for his mercy and goodness and grace. I really, really do. Now, like I tried to explain this morning, brother, do any of you, how many of you know Brother Doug Brandon? Doug Brandon, raise your hand if you do. He's a preacher. He's two years older than I am, and preaching just exactly like he was maybe 20 years old. And uh, somebody said, well, old so-and-so, yeah, that's true, but everybody doesn't all have the same health condition, and I appreciate that I'm able to go up my age. I really mean that. I was in a church up in Ohio, and uh, I was telling them, I'm 73, and uh, after service, I walked down to the aisle as a gentleman sitting on there as people was leaving, and he said, uh, how old do you say you were? And I said, I'm 73. Oh, he said, I, you have my sympathy being that old. He got up and run back down the aisle. He is 92. I felt like he boxing his jaws. Amen. <laughs> but I didn't. But I am glad. I am glad that uh, I am able to go. I appreciate that so much. Open your Bibles to, Jeremiah, uh, to Romans chapter 1. We're going to go back to Jeremiah in just a minute for one verse. But I want to read uh, Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. Verse 16. Now we've got coming up Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. I'm like Brother Ricky. I'd like to see a bunch of folks get in. I was up in the meeting in uh, Kingston, Tennessee, the other night, and a lady 68 was saved. Amen. And then her husband was saved the next night, and he was 75. I like that. I like that. I was in another meeting in Florida where a man was 91. He got saved. Amen. Now, I agree with Brother Rick. He's right 100%. Revival's for us. You can't revive an old sinner. It doesn't matter to revive. But I want us to be helped, but nothing excites me more than seeing somebody say, I love it. Romans 1, verse 16, For I am not ashamed. Say that word with me. Ashamed. Say it again. Ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. Now, that last part is so important. To every one that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Now, let's flip over here and get Jeremiah. And uh, Jeremiah chapter 6. Jeremiah chapter 6. And I want to read a verse there. Jeremiah 6. One fellow said, I don't believe they left it out of my Bible. Jeremiah 6 and verse 15. 6 and verse 15. I'll get there in just a minute. 6 and verse 15. Here we go. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the way. That's verse 16. And ask for the old paths, wherein is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest 
unto for your soul, but they said we will not walk therein. Now let's go back up to verse 15. Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nay, they were not at all ashamed, neither could they blush. Therefore they shall fall among them that fail, that fall. Of the time that I visit them, they shall be cast down, saith the Lord. Our Father, help me now to be a blessing to these people. I want to be, I want to be a help to them. I want to believe here tonight with something in their soul that will benefit them in the days to come. For I pray in Christ's name, amen and amen. Paul said, for I am not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I'm, you say, look, look at me, I'm not blushing. How long has it been since you saw anybody blush? Tell me the truth. You hardly ever see anybody blush anymore. Now, there's a reason for that. We have lived, we've come to a time in our society when nothing is embarrassing. People will walk up to you and talk about things that 30 or 40 years ago that two men wouldn't want to talk about. They will. They'll walk up to you and bring up a subject that honest before God that you just stand there in amazement. I have, I have people walk up to me and talk to me about things that I wouldn't talk to my dog about. And they never seem to be embarrassed, never blush, because we're living in that time. I want to preach for just a few minutes. I won't preach long tonight. Don't feel like it's Sunday's a rough time on me. I Two times on Sunday, and I'm just wore out. But I want to preach tonight on this subject, things I'm ashamed of. I really get embarrassed about. The first thing that I want to say to you, I'm ashamed of the lack of power in our Baptist churches. The Bible said you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And don't get now all shook up about this matter of the Holy Ghost. We receive the Holy Ghost when we're saved, but I believe there's many feelings. Now I believe this, the Bible said, be not drunk. On wine, where is excess? But now this is not a suggestion. But be you filled with the Holy Spirit. I believe with all of my heart the reason we have no power in our churches is a lack of the filling of the Holy Spirit. Now here's the empower. The Bible said, Jesus said to his disciples, I will not leave you comfortless. But I'll pray the Father and he'll send you Another comforter, that literally means one called alongside. And then he said, he'll lead you. He'll teach you. He'll train you. But my dear friend, we're living in a time when our churches have no power. Now I'm saying this, brother, thank you for your singing. Honey, thank you for your music. Thank you, choir, for your singing. But I'm going to tell you something. I believe there ought to be power in the choir. Amen. Yes. I really believe that. I don't believe, and I'm saying this, I'm saying this because I love you. I don't believe we ought to sing just to sing. I don't believe we ought to sing just to exercise our vocal cords. 
I believe our singing always ought to magnify the Lord Jesus. I believe there ought to be something there that would say, look, I want, to, I want my singing to glorify. I remember, I remember a lady we had one time. It was our pianist. We had a great big old grand piano. I can still see her. It was over here. The organ was over here. Her name was Myrna. Myrna Turner. I never will forget her. Never will forget her. Oh. And we had a choir. I, I, I'm honest. I believe it was second to none that I've ever heard in my life. Boy, they can start singing, Brother Rick, and the hair would start coming up on the back of your head. I'm talking about singing. Oh, that was the day when they sang, Looking for a City. I mean, it, it was one of those, it was that kind of time. It was that day we was living in. But I remember Brother Crow was our, uh, our choir director. Oh, Brother Crow, bless his precious memory. Bless his memory. One of the sweetest men I've ever known in my life. And Brother Crow would announce the choir. We're going to sing number so-and-so. And, you know, you expect Myrna to pick up on the piano. You'd expect that. And you'd look over at her. And she'd have her hands lifted up before the Lord. And she'd pray, Lord, before I play. Touch my hands. <laughs> Lord, I don't want to play just because I know where to put my hands on the keys. Lord, I don't want to. Lord, I know that. I know that. But Lord, touch my hands. See, the Bible said in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, what you eat or drink, but now here's the next part of that, whatsoever you do, say that with me, whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. And Myrna would say, by that time the whole congregation is bawling like babies. Old Brother Crow would be standing up there, his chin and quivering. And after a while, Myrna would put her hands down. Oh, she was an excellent musician. But I'm going to tell you what, the power of God makes a difference. The power of God Almighty, I'm ashamed, I'm ashamed that we don't have more of the, oh, Brother Lee Robinson, you're going up there, Brother Lee's not there, but he's still, oh, I wish you'd see, I hope you could see him while you're there while he's still alive. He's the epitome of Dignity. That great old giant with that double breasted suit on, blue shirt, and oh, that white shirt. You know what? Oh, I can still hear that old man preaching on that. And he, when he preached on this, he said, The dynamite, the power of God. The dynamite! Did you know there ought to be more explosiveness going on in our church? There ought to be such power that old sinners. Can't even sit in the seat. I remember when I was a boy, years and years ago, at the old Calvary Baptist Church. Not big, about, well, it wasn't this big, actually. Back in those days, we never had no air conditioning. All we had was funeral home fans. That's what we had. And uh, them old pews, Lord, my back will never forget them. Never forget them. I mean, never forget them. Honest. How many of you remember them old pews? Lord, help us all. 
forgive us of our transgressions, and Lord, burn up every one of them pews. But I remember sitting on those old pews, and back in those days, you know, they'd have to raise the windows and the bugs and the skeeters and everything come in. And old lost men and women would stand outside. They wouldn't come in. And I remember old Uncle Tom Davis, oh, bless his heart, already in heaven shouting all over the streets of gold. He'd old man would get up and he'd have, he couldn't read real good and he'd have to spell every sort of words, you know, and pronounce every syllable and he couldn't read real good. But I'll tell you what, when God plugged him in and the power of God fell, I saw this happen, ladies and gentlemen. I saw them old sinners come crawling in the window and begging somebody to pray for. Ladies and gentlemen, we're just meeting houses full of dead people. That's all. Oh, yes, we've got our Schofield Bibles. We've got all of that, but we lack the power of the Paul said, I'm I'm not ashamed of the gospel, but I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed, ladies and gentlemen, that the church of the living God don't have more power than what she's got. You remember that old song? They were in an upper chamber. They were all with one accord. When the Holy Ghost descended, and was promised by our Lord, oh, Lord, send the power just now. And I feel something moving. Oh, Lord, send the power just now. Oh, Lord, send the power just now and baptize every one. Do you know what you ought to be troubled about? I mean, really troubled if you don't have power. If you don't have, would you let me say something and not think I was bragging on my, or really not? I'm honest before God. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take this advantage and brag about me and say how good I Oh, no. But I shook hands with people and they said, Brother Boone, I feel God. I remember an old man up at the church I used to go to. There was a disease back when I was a boy. You'd see a lot of people stuck, stooped like this. They couldn't straighten that. Over the shields was like that. But about the shields, he was, he wasn't a very boisterous man in service. He didn't do a whole lot. But when the service, when the house got full of people, Brother Shields would walk around like this and shake hands with people. He'd just shake hands with everybody, you know, shake hands with them. All right. Well, in that church, he'd walk around and cry. He'd just cry. He'd just cry. I said, he just cried. And uh, there's an old girl who lived down the road, not far from the church, awful mean, awful bad girl, awful bad girl. But one night her mama got her to come to church. <laughs> right on, Jesus. Got her to come to church. Sure enough, she's sitting right back there where you're sitting. And uh, over the shield started his little walk, you know. And he went back and got her by the hand 
and some just tears fell on her hand. <laughs> she took out of the church a running. I mean a running. And her mother started after her. And when she got down there, do any of you remember the shelf we used to have on the back porch with the wash pan and the water bucket and the dipper, huh? Uh, yeah. Figured you country folks would. Well, she was back there at that shelf and said, Mama, I can't get that old man's tears off of my hands. They won't come off, Mama. I knew soap. And then she said, Mama, run back up at the church and get him. And the old lady started back up the church and met the old man coming down the road. And she said, Brother, she said, my daughter can't get them tears off. He said, she'll be safe before we get there. <laughs> sure enough, she was. See, we got folks just piddling around and playing. They don't want God's power. They don't want that anointing of God upon them. They don't want that power of God. Separate! I want it bad, bad. I want that power that when I pray, there's an awareness that somebody's talking to God. I remember another old man couldn't read his name. Honestly, couldn't read his name. Couldn't write his name. Didn't know how. But right behind his house was a little hill in, the, in this little old town. Just a little hill. And every morning and night, that old man was on that hill a praying. Guess what was coming? Power. Power. And you shall receive power. Say that with me. And you shall receive power. Now I want to ask you one question. Have you got the power? Now, you know whether you have or not. You'll have power in your witnessing when you're bragging on the beloved. You ought to just go up to such a bunch of words and say and talk some religious talk. There ought to be that power there. That awareness. That awareness. I was getting the, some gas down in Mississippi. In Mississippi. Walked in. I'm not bragging on me again. Don't think I am. Walked in the door, and the lady behind the counter said, You're a preacher. I'm in Mississippi. Nobody didn't know me there. And she said, You're a preacher. You're a preacher. Do you see what I'm saying? How many of you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about something you all know about. Now, you said that just works for preacher. Oh, no. No, no, no. No, no. They ought to be aware wherever you go that you've got that blessed anointing. That's enough of that point. Now, I want to go on to another point. You ain't going to like this next one. No, you ain't going to like it at all. I'm ashamed of the lack of vision that the church has got. The Bible said that where there is no vision. Now, I'm not talking about the kind of vision 
you drink buttermilk and onions for supper, go to sleep that night, and can't sleep, and have bad dreams. And you said, I had a vision. No, you ate too much ham. Buttermilk and cornbread and onions will do it every time. Every time. No, I'm talking about a vision of looking out there. He said, lift up your eyes and look on the field, for it is white under harvest. He said, it's absolutely right now ready to cut down and harvest. And then guess what he said? He said, the laborers well, what you think I'd leave old coming? He said, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he had sinned labor. And some of you right now have absolutely no vision that men are dying and going to hell. You don't have no vision like that. You have a, the only vision you have on Sunday morning is to come to a meeting house. Sit down on a pew and let Brother Ricky preach and get up and go home. And you still have no vision that maybe somebody will die lost without God and without hope in the world. Now, the saddest thing of all is, some of you don't even have any vision for your lost loved ones. My wife has a nephew. Calvin is one of the sweetest boys you ever man. I forget sometimes. He's a grown man, family of his own, grandkids, in fact. Sweetest man you've ever met. But Calvin's lost. Never insane. And every once in a while, my wife, I would see her start crying. Just bawling. And I'll see her reach and get the telephone. And she'll call Calvin. And just a ball and said, Calvin, don't go to hell. She'll call people, not just Calvin, all over the country that we know, and said, please, don't die lost without God. And every day, some of you rub shoulders with people that don't know Jesus. You have no vision. See, the average Baptist don't believe in hell. Oh, you said, I believe it. No, you don't. I said, you didn't. If you believed in hell like you ought to believe, you couldn't sleep so good at night. You got lost. How many of you got some lost loved one? How many of you got lost out of your mama? Raise your hand. How many of you got lost children? Raise your hand. How many of you got lost husbands or wives? Let me say this to you. You'll be amazed how many people I hear them say, well, my daughter's lost, but I just give up. I just give up. How can you give up on a daughter that'll maybe tumbling in the burning pits of hell in the morning? I preached on this message in Oak Ridge, Tennessee one time. Never would forget it. Not this, just this part of the message. And after service, a man came to me and said, Brother Blue, I want you to pray. I'm heading for somewhere, I believe he said in Arkansas. He said, I'd give up on my old daddy. Did you said that. and said, I just can't stand it. I don't want my daddy to go to hell. 
I don't want him to go to hell. And that was, I think, on Monday night. He said, I'm trying to be back before the meeting closes. Now, he got back and told me this story. He said, I drove up to my daddy's old country house and said, I looked, I jumped out of the car and said, uh, started running toward the house. And my daddy met me with his overalls on and said, son, oh, I'm so glad you come. I'm so glad you're here. He said, all night last night, I walked this yard. I couldn't <laughs> He said, I couldn't sleep a week. He said, I've been out here in the yard walking. But he said, son, see that spot right there? As the sun was coming up this morning, I got born again. Don't give up. Don't give up. I said, don't give up. I am ashamed of our churches have no vision at all. They seem like they absolutely don't care. And I dare say there's some of you sitting here right now that's never give a personal witness to anybody. Been saved for years, but you have never with tears. See, the Bible said he that go forth weeping very precious seeds are doubtless. Did you hear that word doubtlessly? Say that with me. That means no failing. No, it won't. It, you won't miss it. He said, so doubtlessly, come again, bringing his sheaves with you. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? And some of you have never, never, never. My, my daughter went out one day. We'd moved into a place. We'd moved into a place. And my daughter got her some tracks in her hand. Of course, nowadays, the way things have got, it didn't say. But it was daylight and and it was just a community. And she went down through the town, a little old neighborhood, knocking on doors and handing out tracts. Handing out tracts. She was, I guess, uh, oh, she must have been 14 then. Handing out tracts. Handing out tracts. Well, one day I was home, and a lady drove up in a real fine car. I mean, nice. Got out. I was watching her when she got out of the car. Really uptown. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about uptown. But she never had eat a bowl of crumbled in milk and cornbread. I'm talking about uptown. And she came and knocked on my door and said, Is this where Mr. Blue lives? I said, Yes, ma'am, this is him. Do you have a daughter? And she told her. Yes, ma'am, I do. I thought, Lord, God, I've seen it done now. And she said, I've lived in this community for years that she lived in. I've lived here churches all around. I said, nobody's ever knocked on my door and said, your daughter come and knocked on my door and handed me a track. But that wasn't enough. She looked me straight in my God-given eyeballs and said, Ma'am, if you were to die, would you go to heaven? Are you listening to me? Some of you have never in your life. You know what the greatest thrill for me, Brother Rick, is to be able to bow by the side of a sinner and hear him ask Jesus to come into his heart. That's the greatest thrill in the world. There ain't nothing like that. And hear them get up and say, Brother Blue, I've just been born again. 
Well, I think you tractor on a cold morning. If that don't start your fire, your wood's wet. Amen? That does something to you. Amen? So, I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed. I'm ash- I guess I'm saying I'm ashamed of all of us. Next of all, I'm ashamed of something else. I'm ashamed of the bickering in our churches. Oh, Lord, we mouth off about so many little nitpicking things. Just nothing. Gag a maggot. Puke a hound off a cut wagon. Just little old bitty nothing. We go around to, I don't like them old song books. Well, shut up then. We'll bicker about it. They painted this church, but I, I think it ought to be enough. Oh, I just want to box your jaw. You act like that's the most important thing in the world. Our goal and ambition and our desire ought to be win people to Jesus. And I dare, I guarantee you there's folks right here who don't like the color of this carpet. You don't. Amen. Amen. Would you believe he told me to say that so he gets a new carpet? Come to think of it, I don't like it too much either. It's a pukey-looking color, ain't it? Oh, God. And it's two different colors, ain't it? Tell her here, hair color, hair color, hair color. I, I don't like it at all. I think you ought to be ashamed of it, man. But what I'm saying is we pick up little old bitty things, like bad carpet. And we start out, and before you know it, you can have a fuss going on in the church. You can have a genuine fight going on. And can burst the church wide open. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Oh, oh, oh this is good. My, my and I can say this because you don't know who she is. My barber is a lady. My daughter went to school with her. And my daughter told me when I started going there, I said, Daddy, she's one of the finest girls I've ever met. She's the most countryfied person I ever saw in my life. She still says, Ain't newins and demons. She, honestly, she does. She is country. She invented it. She invented it. Anyway, I went in the morning and get my hair cut. And you tell she'd been crying. And I said to her, what's the matter? And she starts, she loved her church. She loved her church. She said, Bro, now get this. It never started a month back. In one service, the church blew wide open. I'm talking about one service. Now, I want to show you one of them. I want to show you one of them. And if you're this way, may the fleas of a thousand camels get under your armpits. That's bad, ain't it? I mean, that is bad. Can you just imagine all the scratching that you'd have to do for that? But the she told me, and listen to this, listen to this. Now, their pastor wasn't, he's like me, he's, uh, he's not a young man anymore. 
And I've had it done to me. Don't think a thing in God's world about it. Don't think a thing in the world about it. Not one thing. She said he was standing down in front of the table at the end of the service, dismission service. Now get this. And a little girl, I guess she was maybe 20, 19 or 20, came up to him and just put her arm on her shoulder and kissed him on the cheek. Blow the church clean out of the water. And the pieces are still falling. She called before I left the house. Just bawling. Just bawling. Now let me tell you something. If you're that narrow-minded, if you're... You're, if that's the way you are, you're so narrow between the eyes a mosquito could land on the bridge of your nose and kick both eyes out with one foot. <laughs> now that's narrow, amen. I had it hit happens. It's not because I'm good looking and suave and all that stuff. I'm not. But I have oh let, let me oh let me tell you this. I was standing like that in the service one night, and, and somebody kissed me like that, and a young boy said, Lord God, I'll be better than I get that old for the other money. <laughs> Don't think a thing of that. I'm an old man. I'm a papo. I'm a great papo. Yeah. Well, I am a great papo. And here's a church full of so many nitpickers that that preacher that didn't mean one, he didn't do nothing. And they tried, now, you ready for this? They tried to get him to turn that girl out of the church. May the next time they eat an apple, they find a half a worm. Amen? May they get choked on peanut butter and 40 miles of water. That is downright silly. That's ridiculous. If you and the old girl want any sugar, there it is. I'm here to tell you, if you get that narrow and that nitpicky, may God have mercy on your soul. Amen? I'm ashamed of people and their attitudes. Their frame of minds. Go around trying to find fault with somebody else. And now that preacher standing down there, and somebody kissed him on the cheek. Now, Brother Ricky, my God. And a church that could be winning souls right now is laying in shadow. Next of all, and I've got to hurry, I'm getting tired. I'm ashamed of the scriptural ignorance in our Baptist churches. He said, you do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. Did you know there are some of you have been saved 10, 12 years that's never went through the Bible? Never have. If I were to ask you what we as Baptists believe, you would have a place on you. The only reason you're a Baptist is your mom and daddy was. They may not know what they believe. Listen to me. If there's something you ought to know, 
you ought to know something about this book. You may not know all of it, and you may not can give all the answers to all the questions, but you ought to know some of it. It said, Thy word is very pure, therefore thy servant loveth it. It said, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. He said, He set his word above his name. And Job said, It's more to me than my necessary food. And some of you, days in and days out, you'll never pick up this blessing. It's a light under my feet and a lamp under my back. It's bread when I'm hungry. It's water when I'm thirsty. Listen to me. I spend my days and nights and don't think, a lot of folks think it's glamorous. My lifestyle of traveling. Are you going to look at me? I'm going to tell you a secret that many of you don't know. There's times I get so lonely. I get so lonely. I could die. But I've never had one of those occasions. I'll pick up that book. It'll talk to me. I'm turning over the book of Psalms. It'll sing to me. Amen. I can find that old prophet down by a creek and say, Hey, I see a crow coming. He says, Got dinner. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, folks, what light is that shining? So brightly for me. That gives me such courage, the right way to see. What hope for my trusting. Soul ever shall be God's wonderful book divine. I love the old Bible. A light on my pathway to shine. It keeps me so happy. God's wonderful book divine. You young folks, I believe you boys are getting baptized tonight, aren't you? Now, which one are you getting baptized? Raise your hand. Three of you, two of you? Start memorizing the Bible. Now, while you're young, while you're young. Because when you get old, and you can take it from me, your memory. Oh, I have an excellent memory, but it's about that long. You other folks ought to start memorizing scriptures now. Memorize it. Hide it in your heart that you might not sin against God. Put it in there. Put that Bible, pack it in there. Because one day, you'll need it. I'm ashamed. Are you ashamed? Are you ashamed? I'm ashamed. All right, son. Come on, ready. Get ready. I'm going to give a strange invitation. It'll be a strange invitation. How many of you got a Bible? Would you raise your hand? Raise them. Take them down. Take them down. Let's see. Let me see. Let me see if I pick out somebody. Pick out somebody. Who, raise your hand again, who has said they had a Bible. Everybody had a Bible. Raise your hand again. All right. Take your hand down. I'll accept you. I'm going to talk to you. Now you take it down. If you had the only Bible in the world, there was not another. There was not another copy of the Bible. And somebody offered you a million dollars. 
But you say, well, you never paid my answer. I don't want an answer right now. I want you to think if it was you that somebody offered you $10 million. Ask yourself, would you set it? How important is the Bible to you? How important? If it is so important, why does it go read this? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Honey, play softly, please. Play softly. It's bowed nice closed. Has God dealt with your heart tonight? Has God spoke to you about something? Has God laid his hand on you about your lack of power? About your vision? Has God spoke to you? Wonder if there's somebody you're lost. You never have been saved. You raise your hand and say, pray for me. Raise your hand and say, I need prayer. Then I want to leave it like this. If you don't have a vision, you ought to come to the altar tonight and pray till God gives you one. If you don't have power, you ought to come to the altar tonight and pray till God gives you power. If you don't know the scriptures, you ought to get on your knees and say, God, when I get home, I'll start a systematic study of the Bible. Our Father tonight, I don't know whether anybody will come or not. Maybe they're satisfied. Maybe they want it like it is, or maybe they don't care. But I pray, God, that you have dealt with somebody's heart. May this be the night they'll come, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. Let's sing some invitation verse while we sing. If you need to come, you need to do it right now. Page 161.